Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to this week's show. We've got some great content coming up for you. We've also got some upcoming events that you can look for that we will be covering. The Game Developers Conference, March 21st to March 25th. We're also going to be covering the McMinnville UFO Festival in May, May 13th to 14th. So that's back on the calendar. And of course, Great Chef Run, April 30th in Las Vegas. Try to get down there. I might not run, but I think I might try the food. It sounds like it's going to be something absolutely incredible. Today's news is brought to you by Evolve Physical Therapy, a locally owned and independently operated clinic with locations in Sherwood and Bethany in Northwest Portland. Evolve Physical Therapy's experienced therapists will help you fix that nagging shoulder pain, aching back, or any other muscle or joint pain you are experiencing. Don't let pain prevent you from enjoying life. Visit www.ptevolve.com to learn how Evolve Physical Therapy can help you move better, feel better, and live better today. So what's in the news today? Samsung confirms hackers stole Galaxy source code. The whole galaxy? My goodness. Yeah, so, I mean, know. that's... <laughs> the Milky Way's in trouble. So what they're actually referring to, of course, is their Galaxy product line, their phones and, and whatnot. And hackers got in and were able to steal the source code. Now, this is a bad thing. Just anyway, whenever, whenever you have the word hackers in the sentence, it's usually not a good mm-hmm. thing. But... You really don't want third parties having your source code, whether you're Samsung or whoever, Microsoft or a small software vendor. And the reason for that is the bad guys can look at it and see how something works internally. And then instead of having to try to hack it from the outside, now they're able to know where the exploits can be on the inside. And that is something that we don't want. Microsoft had this happen with Windows a while back, created some problems there. I use Samsung phones. I like them. So hopefully they'll be able to update this and, and block it. But the thing of it this is... This includes the tablets too, this, right? This can, yeah. And uh, from what I understand, it's anything that's on the Galaxy line. Hmm. So yeah. all, all of those devices, if it has the word Galaxy in it, that's what this would go to. Now, the thing of it is, is things like your biometric logins, all that kind of stuff. They have the code to be able to make that work as well. And again, this is just something to be aware of. Hopefully, they'll be able to get this straightened out or maybe even have to change the source code. Ireland reaches a new record for wind generation in a single day. Yeah, so moving in the direction of green energy, this is interesting. They got a record amount of wind energy on their grid. Hmm, uh, cool. 4,584 megawatts. That's nice. And this is a good thing because... With all that's going on in the world right now, and especially with energy prices going up with the war in the Ukraine, the reality is is that I think this is going to push a lot more of green energy, alternative energy production, because the money's going to have to be invested somewhere to keep the lights on. So it's good to right. see that this is actually working. Okay. Hey, Lexa, go hack yourself. Researchers detail wild, self-issued smart speaker hijacks. I don't like this. There is a Facebook meme that circles around every so often that says riots started after people went down up and down street neighborhood yelling, Lexa, play Nickelback on a bullhorn. 
And what this is, is a situation where you can ask your smart speaker to do things like install skills or play a radio station or even order stuff off of Amazon. All of these type of things are part of the features of having a smart speaker. But what's happening here is the hackers have figured out a way to get in there and be able to essentially hijack the commands and do different things like that. So what Lex is hearing is not what you're saying, or they're adding skills and other things that you don't want and don't know about. Yeah. So this is a problem. Now, Amazon has pushed a software update to deal with this on things like Bluetooth and remote. But if someone's in the room, they can still do different things, although I think that's a little less urgent than being able to get to it from outside. A dead rocket just crashed into the moon, and scientists are thrilled. So first question that comes to mind is, why are scientists thrilled? That's yeah, a good question. That seems really weird. I, why are we sh- crashing rockets into the poor moon? So, well, this is actually not the first time that a spacecraft has crashed into the moon. This is the first time, I think, that it's been done unintentionally, though. Okay. There's some debate over what rocket this is. It's a rocket booster. We know that for sure. It was originally thought to be an upper stage of a SpaceX Falcon 9. Uh, That's being debated uh, somewhat vigorously. And it's now believed that it's actually from a Chinese 5T1 mission rocket. I might be saying that wrong, but that's where they think it's coming from. China denies that, but they've been able to identify it. So the reason why scientists are thrilled in this is because having this happen allows them to see under the layer. First of all, when it hit, it vaporized rock. So that can be studied, and then the material that's thrown up can be studied. The one downside to this is they're worried about stowaways, in other words, microbes and things that might have been on this rocket that are now on the moon that may be misidentified as previous life or something of that nature. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Uh, A molecular drinks printer, which I didn't know existed, claims to make anything from iced coffee to cocktails. Yes, out of our Star Trek replicator file. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I didn't 3D know there printer was for anything drinks. like that. I, I like my soda stream, so maybe this is the next step of it. So basically, what this is an interesting concept. Um, it uses cartridges, and what they say is that it's capable of dispensing a, a huge variety of drinks. The system uses what they call a novel microfluidic liquid dispense technology. Say that three times fast. (laughs) (laughs) The device called the Cana 1 can reduce waste and associated emissions by helping people avoid bottled water and canned drinks. Uh, Cana also says it can reduce water waste that's needed to grow ingredients for things like orange juice and wine. So basically what's happening here is you have cartridges that they supply. The cartridges are supplied at no cost. However, you're charged for each drink you make. Oh, jeez. Each drink will cost between mm. 29 cents and $3, and they say the price will be less than the bottle equivalent at a retailer. So the <sighs> system also requires sugar and spirits cartridges, both of which are replaced automatically in a CO2 cylinder. So basically what you have going on here is you have a cartridge with flavor, whatever that may mean, and it's able to mix what you tell it to mix based on what's in there. So it's an interesting idea. If you want to give this a try, it's $99 to make a deposit to get one. And then the machine, when it comes out in 2023, is $499. So you'd have to pay the additional $400 at that point. After 10,000 orders, they're raising the price to $799. So huh. <laughs> okay. interesting idea. I, uh, 
I, I think I'm going to wait and see on this one. I, I'm curious if it works as advertised. It might be kind of cool. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm probably going to wait. I just paid the gas bills. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. and some of these things, too, you can customize the levels of alcohol, caffeine, and sugar. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so, uh, uh, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. And, and, you know, having to pay the gas bill, you, you might not be able to afford the electricity to run it for a few months. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> engineers create tiny robot bugs that can go just about anywhere. Yeah. Replicators. The, ah! Yeah, so the well, I was going to go for nanites, but okay. Nanites from the other part of our Star Star Trek file. There you go. Yeah. You know, you will be assimilated and all of that. But this is actually a technology that in the concept of it isn't entirely new. They've been working on these type of things for a while. This latest one being an interesting twist on it, robot bugs. The idea with this is, is that bugs can go anywhere, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And so the robots can go anywhere as we would see where the bugs would go. So in other words, places that we can't get into, places that might be dangerous, places that are small, confined areas, all of that kind of thing. Hmm. And Are they going to use this as some kind of like surgery type thing? Um, I could imagine there would be an application for it there. And I think, uh, you know, I think I think the direction we're going, we've always said that this was going to be the year of the robot. So uh-huh. this is another example of it. Hmm. Exactly. But uh, it's an interesting idea. And what the capability of something like this can do also is increasing dramatically as our computer, you know, hardware and stuff increases. So, you know, you talk about replicators. I, I don't know. That's a, a very, for anybody that hasn't seen Stargate, this is a bad thing. And yes. <laughs> <really bad thing. laughs> but um, like all technology, there's positive and negative uses. And in the case of this, I think we'll see the same thing. It's just, you know, one of those things that at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. All right, this now is I want to see the – oh, sorry. I just want to see the pictures of the moon now. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that, uh, that we can do. That might be better than looking at pictures of the bugs. Yes. <laughs> anyway, this is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you coming up here. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining us now, Steve Mailer. Well, Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, thanks as always. And uh, it's great being back. I know I've uh, kind of been absent from the show for the first part of the year, but between COVID and the holidays and just work schedules, it's uh, been a little bit dicey. But I came across a really wonderful business and a wonderful lady who's uh, creating that business called Third and Main. And it's a wonderful home decor-based business that uh, helps you decorate your home and create really neat themes. Her name is Mal Deacons. And uh, Mal, thank you for joining me here on User Friendly. Uh, thanks for having me, Steve. So what's interesting is, is the way Mal and her uh, partner found me is they wanted to do some videos to accentuate some of their offerings on a YouTube channel and just in social media in general. They found me on Freelance.com, of all things, and we kind of struck up a really neat conversation, and the business is really, really wonderful. So tell me a little bit about Third and Main. Aha, happy to. We are a home decor subscription business, 
And so what happened is Third in Maine was founded in 2017 when subscription boxes were just emerging. And we realized that there was a space or category, if you will, that wasn't filled. And okay. that was home decor. Nice. And so hence came Third in Maine. Okay. Now, home decor in and of itself is a pretty big industry, isn't it? Very large, Very actually. Very large. Yes. Okay. So given its size, mm -hmm. and I'm sure given the amount of people or amount of companies that do what you do, mm -hmm. what is it about Third in Maine that makes you guys unique? Great question. We were actually first to market uh, with the home decor subscription box. So we are unique in that we were the first. Okay. And what also makes us unique is that we aren't just a box of goods that comes to your door quarterly. We are a boutique curation service. Oh. So we, yes, we work very hard to make sure that all the items in the boxes that we send to our members flow and go together. So okay. everything in concert with one another. Nice. And then we also make sure that those boxes that we send out will work, the items in those boxes work with past box oh, items okay. as well. So imagine our members are creating a collection okay. that they can intersperse together and use throughout the year rather than just every quarter. Okay. Well, I like that. I like that you can kind of build on what they've purchased before. Correct. You mentioned just getting a box of stuff. Mm -hmm. Is that how mo other home decors uh, companies work? Many. Many yes. do. Okay. Many do. There are some that do not, but the majority in our field, they put together a box of goods. Some are, you know, clearance goods after season oh, and they put them together okay. and they send them off. For people who are a little um, more budget aware, and okay. then there are the companies that just find you know lovely pieces of home decor, put them together, but there's no particular rhyme nor reason. Okay, and there's no theme to it. There's no theme. Um, why would I guess I'm not sure why that would be attractive to someone if there's no theme to it. You would think you would want something that uh, maybe a candle or a you know a dish that look the same and go together mm -hmm. as opposed to something that seems more random. One would think, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and one and, would think. And that's where, the, that's where the curator part of your company is ba bases itself on. You've got it. Okay. So we have a team and okay. that's what we do. We actually spend hours upon hours <laughs> scouring, going to all okay. the trade shows, looking at all the new vendors coming out, staying up to date. We talk to interior designers as to what the new themes and colors are for the seasons. And then we take all of that information, compile it, and then we build our boxes based around that. That's deep research. It's actually very deep research. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why your stuff is a step above what maybe most other people would be used to getting from a, a home decor subscription. So yes. um, now you mentioned themes. So do you, you do things throughout the year? Christmas, you know, like Halloween, like do you do things that are based on holidays? Good, good question. Okay. We actually, the boxes themselves are quarterly seasonal boxes. Okay. So they won't be theme specific for Christmas or oh, okay. Easter. However, 
we kind of do a little nod to each holiday within the box, okay. but make it a box that you can leave out all season long. Nice. Rather than just, you know, your Easter box, your what have you. Okay. We, in addition to that, when people want to be a little more specific theme for a holiday, we mm. offer what we call bundles, which are a smaller mini version of, you know, three to four items. That is holiday specific. Okay. So we do those as well. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the the company, you say it started in 2017? Yes. And that's when you started it? You When you started 2017? The founders, we are two amazing women founded this business. Okay. Um, a little background on them, one in IT, one in digital marketing. And oh. they were shopping in their adorable town in Illinois. And they're going down Main Street and they're thinking to themselves, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we could bring all these wonderful boutique finds to people's doorsteps wow. for them? Well, I can see where the main came from. There's where the main came from. Nice. So it has a, there's a rhyme and a reason to the okay. name and, and how it was created. And so the idea was, let's bring that to everyone's home and that okay. experience. And, and we really love to work with small businesses, um, you okay. know, and made in the USA whenever we possibly can. Okay. We love to include those. And that was also part of the reason why is they started this and we're continuing. So how does someone find you if they want to add some decor to their home? Ah, well, they can follow us on social media, of course, and then they can go to our website, which is simply um, mythirdinmain.com. Okay. And it's it's third spelled out as a word, not three rd because <laughs> <laughs> knowing me like i would pro i would try my three rd instead m-y-t-h-i-r-d yes com. and it is all spelled out okay <clears throat> very good so you mentioned your website you mm -hmm. mentioned some of your social media presences i guess mm -hmm. that's where uh, we're going to start creating some videos to kind of highlight what you're doing quarterly and and what the subscription is going to provide to people in terms of the actual items and how they look. Yes. as how exciting. We, it's very exciting. And nice. as we know, people are visual creatures to begin yes. with. Home decor is absolutely visual. <laughs> so <laughs> without these wonderful videos you're going to be creating okay. for us, and without our social media, a YouTube channels, right. et cetera, working with you know, influencers and a, okay. as such, it creates that, um, it fills the visual need people nice. have to actually see the item in. Because otherwise they probably don't have a clue. They, they, will, have, they will have, no. Like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> That's it. You know, we make it easy for you. We include okay. a styling pamphlet in your oh, box. Nice. However, people really like to see, and they want to see scale. You can't okay. see scale in a picture. Beautiful. So videos are where you get your scale. This is great. Well, Mal, thank you so much for joining me here on User Friendly. I think people are going to be looking you up. Steve, thanks so much for having us. All it was right. a pleasure. Thank you. Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, guys, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. And with the whole COVID pandemic and the disruptions it's caused, a lot of us have been out there getting certifications, training, education, online classes, all of this kind of stuff. 
And joining us today is Chaz Wellington, our reporter from down in Las Vegas, who has been taking advantage of that time, too. I understand that you are working on some certifications from Google. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've been very uh, fortunate to have been selected via a program called Hiring Our Heroes, uh, supported by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation and Google. And they, they've come together to provide veterans with a resource to gain our Google IT support certificates uh, at no cost. And so, I've been... Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, let's start at the beginning of that. What is a Google IT support certificate? A Google IT support certificate is basically the IT support role of uh, the foundational uh, aspects of that. And you get your knowledge, your necessary tools that you would need to be an efficient and effective Google IT support uh, person. And you, they give you all of the tools, all the knowledge and basic information you would need. Now, my understanding is this is something that can actually go be a benefit beyond Google. It sounds like something that you would do if you were considering a position with the company. What is the kind of stuff that you've been learning specifically? Oh, I mean, specifically, the program entails uh, networking. It entails the uh, basic foundation of the transfer of information, how that works, uh, DNS, domain name service, um, DHCP. You know, basically, from the beginning of how a computer communicates and how, uh, how the computer itself is protected while you are... Uh, utilizing it, such as VPNs, how those work, and also the area of uh, troubleshoot. Okay. So basically everything you would need to do support, and it sounds good. I'm impressed by the fact that it sounds like Google is actually training their support team to be able to actually do support, because this is something you run into with some companies. Google's good about it, but there are some companies where you call and ask them a very basic question and never get an answer. (laughs) So uh, if they're teaching you DNS and all that kind of stuff, this seems like a great place to start. And I can see why this program is recommended even beyond Google, because that type of information is something that's good to know online for doing support and even just using your computer, it would seem. Absolutely. Now, I know that you've worked in the past a little bit with encryption and data security and all that kind of stuff. Do you think these two programs go together in any way? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the course itself, uh, you know, it, based, it starts off with the technical support fundamentals, but, you know, it gets into deeper um, categories such as encryption and, you know, um, network protection. And system, administra- system administration and IT security defense is probably next on the, uh, on the uh, schedule. So, okay. Okay. So yes. that's... That would make sense. I mean, you know, I think I can see where we're going because that's kind of the big thing right now with everything. And yes. In fact, my next course is, in fact, IT security defense against the digital dark arts. So on I like that, that title, no, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that title. Yeah, I know. I already I, ha- I was setting up a Gmail Google Workspace account for a client and I had gotten it set up and I hadn't gotten around to setting up two step authentication or any of the security yet. And it was hacked within a couple of hours. I mean, you know, so so understanding data security, I think, is a very important part of all of this. We were able to recover it, fortunately, but not until a number of emails have been sent out. It does look like Google system realized what they were and blocked them, so that's good. I don't think they actually went 
out. But nevertheless, I can see where data security is a, is a huge concern all the way around. So, you know, it sounds like this is another program, and there's a lot of them available for our warrior heroes, also known as veterans. How did you find out about this program? Um, so I've been involved with Hire Our Heroes for quite a while, and uh, you know I do a lot of volunteering. So I get emails from various uh, organizations and individuals, in fact, that uh, we keep a, a rolling information stream that it helps us find these types of programs and apply. So basically, just word of mouth. All right. Well, that makes sense. And it seems like you know another good go-to Hire Our Heroes. I'm sure you can Google that. All right, Chaz. Well, listen, thank you so much for talking about it and uh, letting us know about the Google program, because it sounds like that's another way that people that are interested can improve their technical knowledge. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Got an extended question and answer segment for you this week. We have been getting so many questions and they don't fit in the five-minute slot. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is absolutely wonderful. One user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter. Keep them coming. It is wonderful. We love to get them. 503-766-6264. If you want to call it in, we've got a few of those, too. So people do still use the phone once in a while. I can mm -hmm. attest to it. What are our questions this week? Are magnets still harmful to computers? Yeah, this is an interesting question, Gretchen, that you originally asked. And then when I look, yeah. it's actually been in a couple of times, too, from our listeners. Hmm. So magnets, you know, if you've been using computers for a long time, you have this idea that magnets If you put are, a magnet next to your computer, you're going to erase everything yeah, or screw up the screw software. Up. So <laughs> right now on today's modern equipment, with one exception... Magnets don't do anything. And I'll go through the details on this here because it is important to look at what this is and where it was. Now, the first thing actually is monitors. So in the days of the CRT monitors, the big monitor with the picture tube in the back that were huge, heavy, and hot, mm -hmm. those could get screwed up by having a magnet around them. So they used magnets internally to put the image on the screen. And if you put a magnet on the screen, it actually could pull those out of alignment and cause problems with the projection in the screen. Oh, wow. So <laughs> LCD and LED monitors, what we use today, what we know as a flat screen, are generally not expected by magnets. Most of them have speakers built in and other things. So there's you know no problem in that direction. But that was one area. Now, hard drives is another one. And this is one that is not an issue. Even a mechanical hard drive. A mechanical hard drive actually uses a magnet to move the heads in the drive to read it. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to screw up the drive. The one thing is, if you were to put a powerful enough magnet on top of a hard drive while it was running, it would start pulling the metal against the case. Yeah. That, that could destroy the mechanics in it. So, idea here, don't put a magnet on your hard drive. Um, not that you would, <laughs> but it's a situation where that's really what it would do. I think where this goes back to is the old floppy disks. Yeah, because I was thinking about your thumb drives. Yeah, are your your thumb drives are they okay now with magnets and stuff? Yeah, anything that's flash memory, so a flash okay. drive, an SD card, a solid state hard drive, all that kind of stuff is not affected by a magnet. 
But in the old days of floppy disks, that was magnetic storage and some tape drives. Probably most end users didn't work with a tape drive, but if you were in a commercial setting, you might have. That mm-hmm. could have been affected by a magnet. But yeah, yeah, flash memory, cables, all the modern stuff isn't really a problem. Just keep them away from the mechanical hard drive, not because it'll erase it, but because it can damage the mechanism. Is Apple's $1,600 monitor worth it? So Apple has announced a number of new products this last week at their show, and this one is raising eyebrows. This is kind of like the $100, what was it, monitor stand or something a few years um, ago? Yeah. Uh-huh. So this <laughs> this display is interesting because it doesn't even have that high of specs. It's called the Studio Display, which is a 27-inch monitor, big deal for that price. It's 5K, that's kind of nice. But you can get a 5K 27-inch monitor that's not branded Apple for about a grand. Now, the other side of this that's really raising eyebrows is the fact that it's not just the monitor. If you want a longer cable, (laughs) that's going to cost you about $200, depending on the length. If you want the special coating on the glass, that's an extra $300. So this can go up and up and up. So it's one of those things where, I I don't know, unless you want the Apple branding, sometimes there's a reason for that. I I have Alienware, and I know sometimes I pay extra for for the logo. Um, but at the end of the day, outside of that, I'm not sure that I would buy this over some of the other ones on the market that even have a higher refresh rate and other things for less money. Hmm. Can Lexa play TV shows? Question that's been coming in a lot lately, and the answer to this is yes, absolutely. You will have to do some setup. If you have Amazon Prime, you can play anything off of that natively. Just be careful because some stuff on Prime, even if you have it, does cost extra, so you want to watch for that. Mm-hmm. But other services like Hulu and Philo and Netflix and whatnot will work through the smart speaker or smart screen in this case. The Echo Show is what you would need to do this. You need to go in and enable the skills. That can be a little different process based on which system you want. But what's it's in there, you can use it just like a television. Hmm. That's interesting. What is a SSL certificate? This is a question that came in from a listener that was trying to put together their own website for the first time. So we had a good talk. Nice. And what this refers to is when you go into your web browser, uh, on Chrome it does it this way, others are a variation of it, next to the URL, the website you're looking at, there should be a picture of a padlock. In some cases it's green, in some cases it's not. But what that is, is that means that your connection to that website is secured, and the way that the web server identifies to your browser that it's the correct website is by use of an SSL certificate. This is a third-party thing that you buy. They verify your server as being to a domain name that you own and that you have rights to it. So the reason you do that is because you wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be able to buy an SSL certificate for Microsoft.com and then say I was Microsoft. So they do verify all of that. Mm-hmm. And it allows that connection to work in an encrypted format to help prevent attacks and hacks and all that kind of thing. And I always say this, nothing is hack-proof. But in this day and age, you would want to be very, very careful of even looking at a website that wasn't secured and under no circumstances submit personal information through a website that's not secured. Most modern browsers would warn you about that. 
So does that stand for secure socket layer? Yes, that's what okay. that's what the acronym. Hey, you got an acronym. Hey, yeah, <laughs> but, but that acronym is actually pretty old. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know? it's been around for a while, and yeah, you know, it's important. This is this technology is nothing new, but the use of it is one of the other things that's happening now is because it's becoming so much more important because of hacks and everything else to have this kind of capability and have things be secure. Is a lot of search engines like Google are starting to actually drop websites that don't use encryption. So at the end of the day, if you're running a web server, you want to get these. They're not that expensive. Uh, The minimum on them, I think, is $7 a year, and they go up from there depending on what you need. Most websites, basic websites, are just fine on the cheaper one. And it's something you want to get in, set up, and most web host companies will provide this for you. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0, and these woods are haunted. At least that's what yes. I'm told. So, why are these woods haunted? <laughs> I don't because, know why they're haunted. Yeah, it's a TV show we've been watching uh, on Netflix and Hulu. I think uh, it's the tra- it's part of the Travel Channel series. It's, yeah, it's Travel, and it's it's just weird. It's like you know, oh, we live out in the woods, and our cabin's great, and. But there's a monster outside. So it's not necessarily haunted like ghosts, because uh, you know haunted gives the impression of ghosts. Yes. But uh, in some cases, it's things that seem like they're more like uh, a Bigfoot, mm-hmm. or what's even creepier is the the description of a, a couple of things where people have seen. Was it like a deer? A deer skull with horns that stands upright on its legs and. Yeah, and they're just, they're describing a Wendigo, but yeah. it doesn't seem to act like a Wendigo, but it looks like one. Yeah, just creepy stuff. And then there's other times where they've been hiking and they've come across um, areas where people have done um, strange quasi-religious rituals and then have had problems afterwards. It, it, it's, it's odd. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, you know, we were watching it as a, it's a TV show, so they get... A person who says this, whatever it was, happened to them. There's a recreation, um, and the recreation's not—it's not the best. Some are it's, better than others. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy in a suit usually. Oh, yeah. Usually, <laughs> so, the costume is just is like—is—is is, is that an ape costume or or what? So, so they don't actually the, put a real Bigfoot sighting. I mean, no, that would dress no, it up, right? No, but it, it's it's funny because they try and make it scary. And sometimes it works. I mean, I've actually gotten goosebumps a couple of times watching it and listening to them describe the events. Because it's like, the storytellers are actually ugh. pretty good. Yeah. And, the, and the regular actors generally are pretty good, too. So um, it, it, It's been an t- interesting TV show. For some reason, we're watching it late at night. I don't know why. Because <laughs> what's stupid. the time for it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's been fun. I mean, these woods are haunted. There's like three seasons. They're talking about a fourth season of it. Uh, there's like, was it, the? Uh, well, this last one we watched, I wanted to know why is there a church in the middle of, uh, of Texas in, in woods that, uh, is haunted and the guy seems to be seeing it from way he was describing. It sounds like he's seeing zombies afterwards. 
And it's like, whoa, where is this place? And Jeremy yeah. tried to look it up and we couldn't find it. I couldn't, any I couldn't find any any abandoned churches or anything. And the um the two people who said that this actually happened to them were talking about it. They they did a little bit of research and it was an abandoned leper colony that had been burned to the ground and then a church built on top of it and like and these guys were supposed to be security guys. Oh, we're almost out of time. Yeah, yes. I was just going to say, it's sounding interesting. You can watch it on TravelChannel.com. Sounds like it's on Hulu. These woods are haunted. And until next week, this is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2022. User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. The views and opinions on this show are those of the host, and not necessarily those of the User-Friendly Media Group, Inc., or this station. Music licensed by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.